0: The Sermon on the Mount. So if you have your Bibles on your phone, you can go ahead and pull that up. We are going to continue our time in that. And I wanted to share, so I was telling George like there, sometimes I like to share uh, different quotes or things at the top. And then as we work our way through, maybe we fix the quotes at at the end. Um, If we need to fix them, but I love so today. I love what we're talking about today because this is um, truly the 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 topic of conversation has been something that a lot of churches have had an interesting journey with. Um, Yeah, have had a very very interesting journey with, and we're talking about since you are talking about divorce today and the teaching on divorce, and so that's um, yeah, I'm excited for us to really dig into this. But I wanted to share. This, this is kind of a, I like this little uh, this like little quote that talks about just connection and uh, separation in a broader sense, and we're going like to really kind of get into it with uh, what's the things that Jesus says. So let me share this with you. Uh, it says, "The source of violence in so many of uh, our world's hurts is the illusion of separation." Our culture of romance suggests that sex and marriage solve the problem of loneliness and longing. But for many people I've talked with, it seems that there's a great deal of unhealthy sexuality, trauma, and wounding in our sexual uh, preoccupied world. Almost half of the marriages in the United States in in divorce. Perhaps the church instituted that the issue is deeper when it mandated celibacy for priests in the religious life. But that, but their proposed solution can also be a clever avoidance of intimacy, too. The person says, I believe sex, marriage, and celibacy are not given to us to solve the problem, but to actually reveal the problem. All of these life stances show us that we still don't know how to love. At the same time, if we are conscious and aware, they give us the daily practice and opportunity to try one more time. I find every healthy marriage comes to this conclusion sooner or later. Mm-hmm. Who's that? Father Richard. As you did. So
1: George. Oh. Okay. <coughs> so uh, we're gonna talk about Matthew chapter five, uh what's the exact verse thirty-one and thirty-two. Um so <coughs> What we're going to do is read what Jesus says, this is what we do every week on Sermon on the Mount, and then we try to qualify it so that we can actually live it out. (laughs) Uh, Um, Because Jesus, especially on this topic in our culture, um, says challenging things, I think it was challenging for his culture as well. And this is meant to be a conversation, so I don't have a lot of notes here, there's course, a lot of issues that that go into this, so I'm just going to let the conversation and questions guide exactly where we go. Uh, But let's look at the text. Um, It has been said, anyone who divorces his wife must give her a certificate of divorce. That's a quote from, um, it's not an exact quote, it's from Deuteronomy 24. um, And uh, that passage is difficult as well, but uh, we may get a chance to go look at that. But you can look at it on your own. Some Deuteronomy twenty four, one uh, to four. Uh, this is Jesus' summary, and this is what we think is is kind of the tradition that developed around that passage in Deuteronomy. And so, in Jesus' day, uh, it was said that you can divorce your wife, and there was some discussion about what's a valid reason for that, uh, but And I'm just going to give you what I, i to summarize what I think uh, is the truth. But uh, I think Jesus is speaking to people who thought, as long as I give a certificate of divorce, I can divorce for basically any reason. Um, So Jesus says, but I tell you that anyone who divorces his wife, except for sexual immorality, makes her the victim of adultery. This is the NIV translation of that (laughs) particular phrase. Some translations say, uh, makes her an adulteress. And anyone who marries a divorced woman commits adultery. Um, so I do think that the Jews of Jesus' day thought divorce was always permissible with that certificate, and that's what Jesus is pushing back against. So Jesus trying to say, look, um, if you make vows to someone, get married to someone, the way God intended that to be was that you are faithful to those vows. Uh, here's a little loophole that people have found to say, well, I don't have to be faithful. If I find a new model that I like better, uh, husband or wife, then I can get rid of this old one and get the new one. And Jesus says, this isn't the way it was supposed to be. Um, so that goes against the intent of the Torah. Is there one more thing on there? So, um... This comes up again in Matthew 19, so I want to go to that passage and read that as well. Uh, just to get everything on the table. So in Matthew 19, it says, When Jesus had finished saying these things, he left Galilee and went to the region of Judea to the other side of Jordan. Large crowds followed him and he healed them there. Some Pharisees came to test him. They asked, Is it lawful for a man to divorce his wife for any and every reason? Haven't you read, he replied, that at the beginning the Creator made them male and female and said, For this reason a man will leave his father and mother, be united to his wife, and the two will become one flesh. So they are no longer two, but one flesh. Therefore what God has joined together, let no one separate Why then, they asked, did Moses command that a man give his wife a certificate of divorce and send her away? That's Deuteronomy 24. Okay, and let's keep reading. Oh, did I, I may have messed up the order. Let's see if it's in there somewhere. There it is. Okay. <laughs> Jesus replied, "Moses permitted you to divorce your wives because your hearts were hard. But it was not this way from the beginning. I tell you that anyone who divorces his wife, except for sexual immorality, and marries another woman commits adultery." The disciple said to him, if "This is a situation between a husband and the wife. It's better not to marry." Well, Stay I'm
0: not if I Such break. a bro response. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, then I'm just not going to even do the thing.
1: <laughs> Classic bros. It's interesting that they respond that
0: way. These were and fishermen.
1: What's even more interesting is how Jesus responds to that response. Not everyone can accept this word, but only those to whom it has been given. For there are eunuchs who were born that way, and there are eunuchs who have been made eunuchs for, by others. And there are those who choose to live like eunuchs for the sake of the kingdom of heaven. The one who can accept this should accept it.
0: Why can't I bring eunuchs into this? <laughs>
1: <laughs> so it seems to me Jesus is breaking down some of the, and this is what your quote from Richard Rohr said, the idea that marriage is what fixes, right. you know, the, the, our, our fascination in our culture with romance relationships as the healing the thing that's going to heal everything. This is a romantic comedy. I've seen every single one of them because my, life, my wife loves romantic comedies. I, I, I don't actually mind romantic comedies, especially if they're big on the comedy. But, um, so, but, um, those movies always end once the couple gets together. You know, it doesn't show how they live. Except for that movie, The Breakup, with, um, Vince Vaughn and uh, Jim Franiston. And everybody that I know hates that because it's about after they get together yeah. and then they fight.
0: I saw it in the theaters. Yeah. It was very awkward. Yeah,
1: people don't they like that. People that. <laughs> oh, that, that pushes against our cultural mythology. Such an awkward movie. That once you roll the credits and you found the one, good, oh, really life is finally where right? yeah. my life makes sense now. Um, it doesn't show the hard work of staying together. And Jesus says, there is a place for not getting married. Can you believe it? It's okay to be single. What? Uh Can you imagine? That's embarrassing. (laughs) It's possible to be single and have a full and complete life. Now, we need relationships, but they don't have to be marriage relationships. Okay. Go back. <laughs> Let's talk about um, a few other things the table. Then I want to get your questions. Um, so Matthew is the only gospel that has what is what we what I'm calling the exception clause. So if you look at Mark, in the same context that, of the passage that we read from Matthew, Jesus says, "Anyone who divorces his wife and marries another woman commits adultery against her." if she divorces her husband and marries another man, she commits adultery. You see, there's no, except for fornication. So if all you had was Mark, all divorce and remarriage, no matter what the reason, you could assume that Jesus is giving this law that applies to every situation. Um, And then the same thing in Luke. Anyone who divorces his wife and marries another woman commits adultery, and the man who marries a divorced woman commits adultery. So one of the things to notice I think is that um, and we have four Gospels, um, and it's, it's good that we do because it helps us to read what Jesus says uh, more wisely. So when Jesus gives this very bold teaching on marriage and divorce, um, he's not intending to give every single possibility. He's not trying to cover every situation. Because I think Matthew puts in the exception clause. Um, now, maybe Jesus, you could, this I know raises lots of questions about the Gospels and what Jesus really says and everything. Um, and Jesus probably said the same things over and over because he was a traveling preacher. And maybe sometimes he said the exception, and maybe sometimes he didn't. But I think whatever the case, let's say Jesus didn't say, okay, one idea, this is the idea that makes sense to me, is that Jesus is speaking to, religious leaders who are flouting or they are going against the intent of the law, the Torah, by this little loophole. So they get married and then they say, I don't want to be married anymore, I want this other woman or this other man, if it's a woman, I'm going to get a divorce because uh, I don't want to commit adultery. I don't want to just commit adultery, I'm going to get a divorce and marry that person, then I'm not committing adultery. So that's a legalistic view, right? And Jesus is saying, no, if you're getting divorced so that you can marry somebody else, you're, you're breaking your covenant. That's not the intent of the law, is to give you this legalistic way of getting out of your marriage and getting somebody different. Uh, so he's trying to restore the purpose of the law. So if Jesus had read, looked over Matthew's shoulder as Matthew was writing, so to speak, he'd been, yeah, that's what I meant. I mean, there's, there's exceptions to this. I was speaking to a specific situation, right? So um, I think Matthew added the exception clause because he knew Jesus' intent was not to deny uh, Deuteronomy 24, which does say, you know, there is... The difficulty there is it says if, you find, if the husband finds something unsuitable with the wife. And that's where the, the rabbis <coughs> talk about what the unsuitable is. Um, I think Matthew is saying it's sexual immorality, which I think makes a lot of sense. And then we also have in 1 Corinthians 7, Paul says if, you, if you're a believer, a believer and your spouse is an unbeliever, stay married to that unbelieving spouse because you can bring goodness into their life. But if that unbelieving spouse you know refuses and kicks you out, then you. He says you have not been bound. You're not. You're no longer bound. So there's another exception. So my point is that Jesus and even Paul were not intending to give us every single. They weren't trying to cover every single situation. So if uh, you have, uh, go back just a second. So if you have a situation of for example, physical abuse or other types of abuse, you know, a real legalistic reading. So sometimes I think this is why churches have a difficulty upon this, because we, we tend to be very legalistic as we read uh, what Jesus teaches here. And so you have some churches who say, well, the only reason you can get a divorce is uh, sexual morality. So if you're being abused, you just need to kind of make the best of it. That's, that doesn't make sense to me. Right. So um, we have to be careful of very legalistic applications of Jesus' argument against legalism. Okay. And then, you know, the big million dollar question how do we apply Jesus' teachings today? Um, what does this say about marriage? Um, singleness? what does it say about situations where mistakes have been made? Some churches have made this kind of an unforgivable sin. Um, Like there's no future for people um, who have been through something devastating in their marriage and then the church is like, well, you know. Uh, You have, have crazy stories that I've been familiar with. I don't know that this happens as much anymore, but when, let's say, uh, we used to, I say used to, maybe we still do, uh, go knock doors and try to invite people to church. And um, we would invite people to church and then we would find out that they'd been married two or three times prior, right? And so then we had to figure out why they got divorced. And then if we found out that they just got divorced because they were incompatible then we said to them, well, in God's eyes, you're still married to that first per- that person you were married to like 20 years ago, who lives in another state now and has another family. You're still really married to that person, and the person you're living with now and have these kids with, you're really living in adultery. So what you need to do now is you need to just kind of pretend like you're brothers and sisters. You can still live together in the same house and raise your kids, but don't have sex, basically. Is what we you, are you guys familiar with this teaching? Yes, I am. This this is what this is what happened, right? With some some of you are like what? what? <laughs> <laughs> um, and we developed this whole. We are not thing.
0: pro that teaching here.
1: <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, so basically, marriage is about sex at that point, yes. you know, and that's all that matters. Um, and, and you know evangelistically, uh, that was that was a tough sell. There are very few people that are like, okay. Oh, yeah, okay. Yeah,
0: that's great. I hear the pilot's yeah. good, so I'll do what I got to do, you know. <laughs> now that
1: we have Facebook, I can look up my, you know, first wife and see what, what's going on. Mm-hmm. Maybe we can get back together. Yeah. Uh, okay. Yikes. So, all right. So, I kind of just have, laid everything out there. Uh, We can back up to any part of this that you want to do, but um, maybe uh, start by talking with some people around you um, and let me frame a question. So, Talk about what you think Jesus was really trying to say when he said um, do not divorce and if you marry somebody else who's been divorced, you're, you're committing adultery, or you're making that person a victim of adultery. Um, and so what is going to be our takeaway from what Jesus says about this? What, what do you think is a takeaway? What's What's strongest to you about what it means to get married, and then also how How do we apply this to people who this is part of their story? Um if you have personal experience with this, of course, that, and we probably all have some sort of experience with it, um, then we can talk about that. Um, and let's just see what kind of questions come up. And, um, I, hopefully, you know, we, we get some takeaways that are very practical, but also want this to be a, a very positive um, discussion about the place of forgiveness and the place of future and the place of reconciliation and that type of thing in certain situations like this. Is that okay? All right, so uh, talk about yourself for a while and we'll come back. <coughs> Let's, uh, Let's
0: hear what you've been talking about. Let's we'll start, we'll start, we'll start this crew. We'll work
2: our way around. all right, let's uh, come together. Yeah. We start. We start off by by saying
3: just echo exactly like we liked everything that Dr. Boland said. Um, but we Thank also. We didn't, because we didn't, I mean, yeah, I think, our thought, you know, it's one of those times we he just, like, that got covered at all. But also, we wanted to point out that, like, um, we don't really communicate someone who, let's say, um, is in a situation where they, they have committed adultery. We haven't really communicated, like, we communicate it as, like, they are excommunicated and no longer can be used by God, you know what I mean? Like, we don't really communicate a very, a very good message of forgiveness to people and I don't know I think that as a church like we could do better job but I don't know we didn't really have a ton of
1: thoughts I think that's a good point it's just there are certain sins that have become so magnified and so big that it's harder to recover from but we all know that all sin has shared similarities and Jesus is very big in other passages on warning us that it's often the case that we see other people's sins as bigger than our own, like that speck. And you have a in your own life. So there, that's, that's a really good point. Um, if you just take this one teaching of Jesus and then you, you make it the be all end all, then you have this ranking of sins and you have greedy people kicking adulterers out of the church, and welcoming, greedy people, because they tend to give more money, because right. they're, they're rich. Right. So, so right. <laughs> yeah, true. things like that. Alright.
4: Scroll here. Uh, pretty similar, a lot of thoughts, just kind of jumping around, it, but we were kind of looking at the context of, like, why Jesus did kind of have that. I've heard it before that's like, for the context of the time, that's potentially more to like protect the women. Like, it's like there's the Jewish law There's just a man could mm-hmm. be, oh, I'm done with this wife, on to the next one kind of perspective. And so then when we associate that to today, like you had touched on earlier, it is difficult where, I've, I've heard that before, just growing up in the church where it's like, abuse and su- such, where it's just like you know, they didn't <coughs> They weren't unfaithful to you, so be content, you know, you're in this marriage kind of stuff. And so, finding that grounds and then finding, uh, like, where there's, like, redemption in that and, like, why we would judge people on that is very you know, difficult. And so, we didn't really yeah. come down to anything, but it is just yeah. a difficult What does it mean to
1: thing? be unfaithful to your spouse? True, yeah. Is
4: it only,
1: is sex mm-hmm. the only way to be unfaithful? Or are there other ways to be unfaithful? Um... I think it's a great question um, because you have you have situations that where couples have to figure out you know does it make sense for us to stay together and a lot of a lot of times it seems to me um, you have to trust their discernment process in some ways and um, there may be a situation of course where somebody's like I'm just you know, I, I'm not happy, I want to be happy, and, and there's a, kind of a, our culture can can create this kind of, you know, like I, people say jokingly, you like, know, she would make a fine first wife, you know, so they're already planning to have more than one, so, um, and we have to fight back in our culture, our culture's easy, too easy maybe to say, well, let's just, This and go on. But at the same time, realize that there are lots of ways to be unfaithful to a spouse. And there are situations where. uh, And if if a couple, if somebody decides divorce is a thing, you know, I I really don't like being the police. Uh, Like, my dad is a preacher in Church of Christ and conservative, so. I've seen him before with people that we meet, friend, family friends that get divorced, he's like, so what happened? And you know, he, he's trying to make it like he's just interested in, him, but he's really trying to figure out, okay, do they have the right answer to that, you know, what happened question. Right. And it's always interesting to see him go like, so tell me a little more about what happened, and so is there another person involved? <laughs> you know, it's like, we're trying to drill down and get into something that's kind of Okay. Next Um, We Actually, didn't get quite to the question. Uh, we were more talking about um, our experiences with people that we know who mm-hmm. are, um, have been affected whether personally or uh, family or friends. So um, you know, ultimately, I guess it comes back to it's not our place to judge. We all have our own baggage, um, whatever that is. Everybody, everybody has something. So what is it and does it rank like you mentioned earlier? And there isn't one. And, you know, the, the ultimate thing is, is, is um, we have to um, accept and just work with the person where they're at. That's, um, I think, a large, I think probably our Creek is this way. I, mean, I don't know for sure. But, um, you know, help people be faithful to the spouse they have now. Uh, let's work on the marriages that, that we have now to try to make those good marriages. Right? Uh, so you kind of bracket out you know, what has happened in the past um, and say, let's work now. Now, at the same time, I, I've known some churches where um, it's typically the guy, I'm thinking of a specific case, a guy leaves his wife uh, for another woman in the church, and then they still wanna to come to church you know, with the person that the both spouses are there that have now been divorced. And so then you have to, the church has to say, well now let's, we can't just accept, you know, every, you know, but. You go to first service, <laughs> and you can leave out the south. <laughs> I guess it's the second, church is big So you know, also don't wanna have a situation where churches just boss over so you have to have a discernment process, but if, even if maybe there's a situation, and there's probably mean people here at this church who have former yeah. spouses still coming to church here, there can still be reconciliation sometimes. Um, and that reconciliation doesn't mean that you're <coughs> remarried, but it means you can still have some redemption in that situation. If, and it, that's key, that the person who has cheated, for example, is repentant in some ways. That's repentance and forgiveness. What does that look like in this situation? And that may
0: vary from relationship to relationship. So well, and I think we have to also remember, too, that like when the, that those situations can happen, and those tend to be the exception to the rule, not the rule. And I think sometimes we'll <coughs> find, like, this happened this one time, so this can happen all the time. And I think we have to be careful with saying, well, I know this one couple that did it this way, and they, and so you can, it's like, well, that's a different, that was a different situation, yeah. a different couple, different scenarios, so you can't, we, have, we, we we want to ease, we want to like quickly use a random exception that we heard that happened in a place in North Florida like <laughs> they did it there, and it's like, can't you do it here? And it's like, no, that's a, and I think, and I think to another point, we, in all of our relationships, whether it is romantic or whether it is a platonic relationship, you, we have to be proactive in the creating the health and healthy relationships. Like they don't, they don't stay healthy if you're not proactive in doing, and connecting, and making sure that like the thing is staying healthy. Because you know, and that goes to we can talk about just friendships. If you are not proactive in creating a healthy friendship connection with your friends, guess what happens? You stop being friends. And so, surely if we're not proactive in our, in the folks that are married, like, this connection will, will, will happen if you're not proactive in trying to keep the connection. And that's not always the case, of course. But I, mean, I think that proactiveness is not something the church is... And people church are really good at it. It's like, well, we're, no, we're good. Like, but then when it hits the fan, yeah. then that's when they want people want to show up and say, therapist, fix this us, pastor, preacher, minister fix us in this, and sometimes it's we're, we've gone too far down the down the road. Okay, next next group. Um. We kind of talked about how, like, the mm-hmm. verse
2: laying out, like, that there are only specific instances in which divorce is kind of like, I mean, there are a lot of specific specific instances, but, like, that it kind of says, like, you can't just do it for I guess, um, makes it, like, just emphasizes the commitment that is marriage. And then even the disciples saying, like, well, why even get married? Like, they're probably, like, our age. And that's kind of, like, the same thing that if someone, like, laid all that out to me and was like, this is something you can't go back on, like, at any point. Then I'm like, oh, wow, I really need to, like, sit down and, like, think about, like, what does this commitment mean? And I think that's, like, something that we might have lost a little bit. It's just the idea that, like, you're supposed to be picking someone to, like, go through life, with together with God, like, as, like, one being. And so, like, it's not really something that you can just throw away. And I think that this does a pretty good job of uh, showing us that you can't just you know, this isn't something that's intended to be taken lightly. And that's a really scary thing. Um,
1: I didn't, you know, I I'm the stereotypical fear of commitment. Dude. I didn't get married until I was thirty nine because I was like, man, this is for life. I don't, I don't know if I can. What if I don't want to be in a loveless marriage? You know what? If I get married. and then and so I had a lot of counseling to go through. Um, so but, you know, and we put so much pressure on that That has to be the, you know, marry your best friend. And I'm like, okay, well, let's, what if we could take some of that? You know, our goal is to, you know, have a family, raise kids, uh, you know, be, join us together. But, man, if you put all these expectations like, like my my hold in my life is going to be fixed by this other
0: person and that's a really scary thing to Okay. Quick. Yeah. we don't roll around. Yeah. This role this right here. We echo we some of the same things so. about uh, the
3: commitment
1: <laughs> that you, but you legitimately have, you know, like, man, you're like, yeah, you know, but if you're single, uh, those things are not, you know, it's like marriage just puts the spotlight, you know. Um, there can be some benefits to that, you know, you can grow, right? yeah, and um, that's why it boils down to me, is that um, when you have divorce, people can learn from that, they can Solution isn't okay. Get, go back with that person necessarily. It's, let's move on, and there's a place for reconcile. Reconcile as much as you can, um, as much as it's up to you. But now you got to. Now we've got to move on. Now we've got to find, you know, what God has for us. Yeah. Anybody over here want to share something? Um, that. hasn't been said
2: before. Maybe that that'll be a good. I was kind of thinking about how, like, we kind of echoed a lot of what people have been saying. But like, in the story of Jesus and the woman at the well, he like, she's been married five times, and like at the at the moment she's just like kind of living with someone. But like Jesus like faithfully meets her like where she is, and like is able to use her to like have like a lot of people in a town believe in him. And so like, I don't know if he's necessarily affirming like. What she has done, but like Jesus is going to meet you. Right? So if you're in like a second or third marriage, like I feel like he would still want you to like be faithful and like try to like work for the kingdom like where you're at. I guess. That's a good comment. Yeah. And uh, we do have an American
1: Family therapist with us, so I was talking to him. Bro. So I want to let give him just a few minutes to say what he wants to say. But one of the takeaways. divorce in your experience with parents or whatever, uh, it's the whole system that, that create, I mean, that's not just about two people, it, it influences lots of different people, but, um, you know, there's a lot of hope, uh, possible, uh, painful, and things, what does reconciliation mean, but um, what are some things you can say uh, to help us
3: with a takeaway on mm-hmm. this? So the idea that the church, I think the church intricately needs to be involved and in, the church needs to be involved in relationships, education from the start, not just once someone is bigger or after the fact, um, because we know that 70% of issues that couples face aren't going away, like they're not going to be solved within their relationship. So, so putting
4: on a cummerbund
1: doesn't solve your problems? I mean, those are chronic <laughs> issues that
3: couples are going to have to deal with, so if that's not the understanding from the get-go, that it can be very easy to say that, yeah, I'm done with this. So it's not about, uh, okay, how can we minimize all that? It's about really how do we work through like the imperfect people, broken people. Like, there's going to be stuff that comes up that we can work through, but divorce also doesn't always have to be a bad thing. Um, in some instances that I've been involved with, divorce was actually a very good thing. Relationship was, um, and in instances where I've seen abuse and neglect and violence, and there's religion involved, sometimes religion can say you have to stay in this because there's not infidelity. Right. So because the teaching doesn't explicitly say if your partner uh, does not beat you, then you know you have to stay in the marriage. So understanding the context of all of that, and I think the other thing is um, recognizing the fact that. The system part where we're talking about divorce as it relates to two people, but there are other people involved, like children, and that when the church does not reach out and extend help in those situations, they can cut off a very important support support uh, source for these individuals. And sometimes churches become like what is giving up in like the divorce plan, right? of like you get to keep the church, this church, and I have to go as part the community elsewhere and recognizing that it doesn't
0: necessarily come that. Yeah. Oh good. I That's think that really very awesome? helpful discussion for me. Well and and I'll say this on the on top of all that is you are not an incomplete person if you don't decide to get there. you can be as whole as a as anyone else. Your wholeness is not connected to the fact that you have a spouse. If Anyone tries to sell you that bill of goods, you denounce them in the name of Christ to their face. Just quote that Matthew 19 yeah. 9 eunuch
1: passage. Yeah. Which we never talk about. And remind them. people
0: are called yeah. to be And remind them that Jesus and Paul were both sinful. <laughs> so shut their face. All right. We'll see you next time. God <laughs> for done best. God for pretty tough <laughs> <of> to <state. laughs>